Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, especially St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered, boy they sure do, Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can get it at our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is produced by Mr. Brad Nearman, our executive producer from Berserk Productions down in Lando Lakes, Florida. Hi, Brad. How you doing? On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston. To talk to Dave about thermocline. That's an interesting subject to be sure. And then followed up by DVD, not KVD, DVD. Dave Van Dorn, he's with Take Event Fishing. Guy's a machine with what he does and helping heroes, wounded heroes, uh, all members of the military to get out there and go fishing. Dave Van Dorn, great, great guy. I get to visit with another great guy. He is Adrian Avina. He just won a big tournament. Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour on Cayuga Lakes in upstate New York. Weighed in 20 fish over four days, over 100 pounds. Yeah, that's right. He averaged over five pounds of fish on smallmouth bass. That is absolutely unbelievable. Can't wait to talk to Adrian Avina about that. But first... Let me hand the ball off to Mr. Dave Kranz. David, take it away. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. We're in uh, summer here, June. You know, way up north, this isn't happening yet, but uh, it will soon. Thermocline, it's an important topic. We've talked about it before, and it kind of puts the fish in areas that we we know they're going to be there because of the oxygen. Yeah, we should define it first because it is something that is a, you know, it can be an obstacle or it can work to our advantage, depending on if we understand it and how to fish it, where fish set up in it and so forth. So basically what it is, is when the water warms up rapidly, you get the top half of the water that warms up super, super hot and it develops a layer of drastic temperature difference and it's a very defined layer it actually can vary in sustainable oxygen uh, for fish below it and it's called stratification or thermocline or however we want to call it but it usually happens in lakes um you can see it on your graph uh and it's a factor and, and, and you know in the midwest here it's coming Real soon, especially it's supposed to be in the 90s next week. It'll come quicker than we than we want. But what we need to understand, you know, Dave, and we've done a lot of podcasts on, you know, where fish are in the water column or fishing hard targets or bottom content and, you know, fish location where they are. This is this is a piece of you can you can really think of it as a piece of structure, uh, but it's uniform. It's going to run at a certain depth across a lake so you know one thing i know we've mentioned before and i'll mention it again just for clarity is 
the juice, as a lot of us anglers call it, sometimes can be that piece of cover right at or above the thermocline. And locally here, our lake, our lake thermocline, right about 17 feet. Um, you can see it on the graph. And, man, you find those rock piles or brush piles in 12 to 14, and they're covered up with them. Yep. And, and that's not always the case pre-thermocline. Now, it doesn't mean fish won't still be super shallow, uh, certainly in windy conditions or low light conditions or when you've got, you know, a shad spawn coming out of shad spawn, you got a lot of bait shallow still. That's a factor. But those deep fish, that's the depth you want to target them in. Yeah, yeah, and, and and it's funny. Uh, you say seventeen. The lakes that we fish here in Southeast Wisconsin, Northern Illinois, it's it's about the same, uh, fifteen to eighteen, and and it's um, it it's pretty consistent. And and like you said, that's almost like a false floor. That's the bottom because the oxygen content below that is not good, and they want to be comfortable. And and as you said, a couple feet above the thermocline. If their structure or weeds or edges of weeds can just be the money spot. And think about the baits out there that, you know, think about a DT-16, for example. I mean, talk about perfect. So why, why does everybody throw a DT-16 in July? Well, you know, it's because they bite it, but there's a reason why. I mean, you're, you're getting that bait in the strike zone. You know, the football jig becomes really good on a long, flat point that runs out right above that. Um, you can catch them on a variety of, you know, moving baits, bottom contact baits. You can even get right smack over them and graph them and suspend something like a drop shot catch them. But the key is to get our heads around the fact that it does exist. It's not in every lake, but it does exist. And if it is in your lake, it's a, it's to me, it's the number one driving factor for summer fishing. It just, I find a lot of times, especially during the, the heat of the day, uh, the biggest fish seem to be in that zone, not necessarily just in that depth, but near or around cover around that zone. And another thing you're going to find is a lot of bait being there too. You know, it's, it's one thing for them to be comfortable, but you also have to figure you have less light penetration down there. Um, the water is a little bit cooler for sure, but it still has sustainable oxygen. Yeah, and and on the bait, um, like you said, it's it's a line on your graph at the seventeen feet, and it's consistent. The bait you would see above that as balls, and sometimes they look the same as uh, as uh, some of the thermocline where you have. It's almost I like to describe it describe it as like static on an old TV, and then above it, the bait clouds will be rounded or moving. Uh, the thermocline line is not going to be moving. It looks more not solid, but consistent and and uh, but this doesn't also mean that those fish aren't on docks or in shade or on rock piles that are in 8 10 or 12 feet does it no and that's the point we really need to make clear it's anything at that line or above matter of fact that boat dock pattern when bluegills get off beds and they go to boat docks <laughs> that's really the next best pattern next to a bluegill bed this time of year uh, and they really kind of go two in the same because a lot of times bluegills will bet around docks, and that's really a good deal. So it, it doesn't mean that they're going to be all in 16 foot where I live. That's not the case at all. It, you know, a lot of that shallow bite is still very prevalent all the way throughout the summer. Even though the water is really warm, you can still have what we call healthy water, you know, where your vegetation is still good or you have good uh, dissolved oxygen. And that's evidenced by birds standing on the bank or bait fish that you can visually see with your eyes swimming around. Those predator fish are going to be with them. All, all we're saying is that 
you know, that 25 foot spoon deal on the bottom that we did pre-spawn. No, no. I mean, it, it's just not good. That's those, those are the cards we need to take out of the deck. And the more we understand what a thermocline is and how it affects fish, the gloves come off on how we can target them. You know, there's, there's, there's a variety of ways we can get at them and the fish can be very aggressive. Absolutely. You know, on that dock pattern, when the bluegills got underneath, something that has always surprised me is I see a ton of bluegills in there, and then you'll see a big shadow in there, and it's a bass, you know, maybe a three-pounder or four-pounder, and there's bluegills all around it, but you throw something in there, you skip a jig in, or you uh, skip a fluke under there, or a senko, or something like that, and you catch that fish. I'm like, why wasn't he grabbing those bluegills? And I think the reason is, is they're standing still just like he was. They're not trying to evade or get away. It seems like as soon as you throw something in there that's trying to get away or falling, it triggers their interest. Well, and he's grabbing more of them than you think. Probably. not seeing the ones he's grabbing, you know. But one thing I figured out a couple of years ago, this is a little thing I'll throw out there, for especially those Senko fishermen or anybody fishing any type of plastic bait with appendages that bluegills like to grab onto and run off with. If you fish a lot, you understand that machine gun bite, tat-tat-tat, being different than a bass bite. If you don't fish a lot... People set the hook on bluegills all the time when they got a sinkhole under a dock, and it's the last thing you want to do. So what I figured out in clear water is if I take a bass jig or a bait that I can see and I throw it in the sunshine, literally like an inch out of the shade, number one, they'll come get it, but number two, you can see what's getting it. So you can visually see a bunch of bluegills coming after it, and then you just don't do anything. But every once in a while, you see what looks like a big football coming out of there, and they all you'll see is his nose come into the sunshine and grab that thing. <laughs> and I taught a couple people that don't fish a lot that up in Minnesota, and it, number one, it saved me about fifty cinco's. But also, they're not they're not pulling the trigger on everything because a lot of times those fish that are under those docks they'll come out farther than you think as long as you keep the bait close to the shade. It doesn't have to be in it always, but it's got to be close to it. They'll sneak out and grab that thing, and you can actually see them and it really works yep absolutely and you gave a good little tip there and definitely the the tap 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 don't set on that wait for it it's going to be a single thump and most of the time the rod's going to load the line's going to start moving and uh, then you cross their eyes well, but the challenge is a rock bass will hit it a lot like a bass. Yes. And when you get up north, those rock bass, it's a single thump deal. And that's why we wanted to go with more of a visual thing. And just getting it just out of the shade line, you see the rock bass run out and grab it, just kind of shake the rod tip, and he'll get he'll give up on it. And that bass, and another thing that, to, that people want to be aware of, if you get around a dock that's full of panfish, don't think it's just full of panfish. There's more, more, more than likely not one or two big bass under there, and sometimes it'll be four or five of them. It's not like a betting deal where there's one fish on a target. There can be multiple good ones, and to be honest with you, it's one of the best big fish post-bluegill spawn patterns, post-bass ponds patterns, too, out there is that boat dock deal. And they can be super, super shallow, like two foot of water on nothing but sand. It's all about shade and where the bait is. Absolutely. And real quick on that, that thermocline, don't discount the topwater bite in gin clear water because sometimes those fish are suspended between there and the surface and especially smallies and spots, they'll come and grab it, won't they, on the top? 
For sure. Watch your graph. Look where the bay are setting up. They're not always right. Above the thermocline, sometimes they could be two foot down. And, and, and one of the reasons why that's the case, and this came to me from fly fishing years ago, there's a lot of insect hatches that go on in June and July, specifically caddis and mayflies. And when that happens, those mayflies and caddis, they will get high in the water column before they sprout their wings. So the bait fish, are right on, they're right on those. And where do you think the bass are? <laughs> so it's, it's not a fluke that you'll see bluegills right under the surface in June swimming around, making little dimples on the surface. They're feeding on insects, and the bass are feeding on the insects, but they're also feeding on the bluegills. So thermocline is going to push everything up, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're right at it. Nope, nope. Always great information from Dan Johnston. Appreciate you being on as always and look forward to talking to you next week. Hey, thanks as always, Dave. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Kranz and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. My favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. My next guest has been on many times before. He has a passion for the outdoors. He also has a passion to help veterans get out on the water. He is, uh, in my mind, the number one volunteer for Take a Vet Fishing. Welcome back, Dave Van Dorn. Uh, thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. You've done so much for them. Uh, 12 years of volunteering, driving that take-a-vet boat all over the country and and uh, putting people in your boat that in many cases don't get out very much, and I know they truly appreciate it. Uh, tell us about the, the next event that's coming up. Well, we, we have an event actually in Madison, Wisconsin on uh, this coming uh, weekend on the 17th. And... Uh, we're going to have uh, 90 vets, uh, probably about 45, maybe 48 guide boats. Uh, 
get vets out on the water and then bring them back and their families, their kids, grandparents, whoever, they're welcome. We'll feed everybody. And, uh, you know, we have a color guard and honor ceremony and every vet leaves with a new rod and reel and everybody, uh, all the vets leave their wallets at home. Uh, we, we pay for everything, including, uh, putting them up the night before in a hotel if they need it. So, uh, we've been doing this, it's called a day of giving back. And, uh, we, uh, yeah, in fact, yesterday was 12 years, uh, our 12th anniversary. So excellent. Excellent. No, that's, it's always good. And I know these guys appreciate it. Uh, the men and women that serve our country deserve everything we can do for them. And, uh, they, so we will probably give this again closer to the end of the interview here, but how can uh, people find out more about Take a Vet? Where can they go, whether they want to participate, whether they want to uh, donate, whether they want to contribute time? Where, where should they go to? Well, they can go to uh, uh, org or .com, either one. Okay. Uh, and uh, there's uh, we, we are driven by donations. Uh, we are non for profit, and uh, like uh, you, you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, I, you know, I volunteer. I have for twelve years. Last year, I was on the water one hundred and sixty seven days for take about fishing, and uh, it, it, it the only way we do what we do is through the donations of you know folks that listen to your show dave and uh corporations that uh you know want to want to be a part of what we're doing absolutely you you have some corporations that have been sponsors uh for a long time uh, feel free to mention them if you'd like to well uh, I, without a doubt uh the backbone uh of of our do uh donors has been great clips uh great clips has been around since day one uh, they continue to support both uh, Take a Vet Fishing and the television show Operation Healing Heroes, which is on Discovery uh, Network. And uh, it, it goes without saying, uh, you know, money makes the world go around. And uh, like I said, it's, it's, you know, a lot of folks want to help these vets out. And that is exactly what we've been doing uh you know, for all so many years. So uh, it, it's kind of a, a, a good thing to have community, corporate, and uh, the military uh, veterans all come together in one spot in a day of giving back. Absolutely. And and that's, uh, it's so important to, to do that. And for the those that haven't volunteered for something like this or anything else, when you start doing it, it actually comes becomes quite addictive to volunteer and give back. And and uh, how does it make you feel when you get to you know treat these people to a day on the water? Well, I, and I I know you get probably sick of hearing this line, but it's it's the God's honest truth. Outside of Nancy and my kids, uh, there is nothing. Uh, that gives me greater uh, sense of purpose and satisfaction. Uh, I, I would tell anyone, uh, and I'm not uh, being uh, over dramatic here. Come to one event and volunteer or guide, take one of these vets out. I promise you, uh, 
by the end of the day, your your chin's going to be up a little higher and your chest is going to be sticking out a little further. Uh, not only because you're proud of yourself because you did something good, but you're watching a whole community of people doing good. And uh, I, I encourage, you know, anybody, get involved. Uh whether it's donating uh, your time, your money, uh, you know, your resources, uh, it, it, it's, it's a game changer for, uh, for everybody involved. It is, and, and you've done it for, for 12 years, and that's uh, pretty amazing that, that it's uh, been that long. It doesn't seem like uh, um, it, it can be that long, but time flies by, and uh, definitely fun when you get them out. And, uh, and some of these people catch some pretty nice fish when they get out on these because you're going to great bodies of water. Oh, uh, so we're, we're, uh, uh, at Monona or Wabisa, uh, Monona, uh, Madison chain this weekend. Uh, I just got done doing the PMTT, which is a pro muskie tournament trail. And, uh, while Jay Garsecki and myself, uh, didn't fare too well there were some humongous muskies caught 52 and a three quarters uh a couple over 51 yeah and uh well to give you an example dave 49 and a quarter took eighth place <laughs> that's a tournament uh yeah yeah and uh th there's some it's got great bass fishing uh as you know um i think that that for a uh, metropolitan area, it is an incredible fishery. And then uh, in August, uh, it probably doesn't get any better for smallmouth, or it's right up there is Malax. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in fact, uh, it's it's the uh, only time my wife and daughter get to come with me, and and so we'll just make that a you know, like a five day trip and they help out and we just absolutely smash the smallies. It's, it's a ton of fun. Absolute fun. Um, yeah, a lot of good water we get to fish and a lot of great local guys that fish their local waters, uh, are taking these vets out and they are just, they're putting up, uh, for four hours on a, any given Sunday, they, they do a phenomenal job. Uh, but that being said, Dave, I'm going to be real honest. I think for the vets, it's, it's really not about the fish. It's about the fact that somebody's willing to, to take the time and uh, put their uh, uh, gear and tackle up and, and just take them out on the water. So, uh, you know, I, I keep telling all potential volunteers, it ain't about the fish. It's about being on the water with these folks. Yep, they deserve they deserve the time for what they did, and and the reason we can go out and do what we do is because they've served our country, and uh, we can't do enough for them. And I, I think that's that's so important. Um, so you got uh, Malax, you got uh, Madison coming up here uh, uh, Father's Day weekend, and then Malax. And it, what is Malax the last of the schedule? You have uh, another one, or no, I know you guys start in uh, January down south now. Yeah. Well, we, uh, uh, we've got, after Malax, we, uh, we have a golf outing here in Illinois at Bartlett Hills Country Club. Uh, it's a 
I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. It's a fundraiser, and it's a great day, a really good time. Uh, you can go to the website, uh, com or .org and register. And, uh, and if uh, you're a corporation and uh, you're looking to, you know, help out uh, 501c3, I'm I'm, I'm taking whole donations. Uh, you can donate, uh, sponsor a whole for 500 bucks. And, uh, we would, uh, we would love to have you. Um, and then after that, we go to, uh, Minnetonka, Minnesota, and there's another day of giving back. We'll probably have, you know, in the neighborhood of 60 to 75 vets at that. Then we go to Charlevoix, Michigan the following weekend. Uh, for another day of giving back. And then we wrap up the season at Eagle River, Wisconsin. And I believe that's on the 12th of October. Um, and that is uh, always a, a great event as well. So, yeah, still lots to go. Uh, and I appreciate you letting me uh, come on here and talk about it. No, I, I think it's good to, to have you on and, and uh, uh get filled in as to what's going on and, and always get an update and the information and what's going on with the uh, take a vet fishing. And um, I, uh, you know, definitely appreciate uh, seeing all the, all the hard work that you do uh, with the volunteering and what the organization does. And, um, and Jay Garcecki and yourself are, are definitely uh, working hard to make sure that others can get out and enjoy what we all get to get to enjoy when we go fishing, you know, by ourselves or with our families. And, uh, def- definitely, uh, always appreciate having you on and, uh, look forward to the next time we get to talk. Dave, I, I, I again, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I truly mean this. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate, uh, you at the podcast, uh, everybody involved, uh, for giving, us the opportunity to uh, at least put out there what we're doing and why we're doing it and how it you know how it gets done uh, through the funding and the donations so uh, from the bottom of my heart Dave I appreciate it oh and we appreciate you and uh, thanks for being on and uh, we'll talk again soon thanks Dave Oh, no problem. That was Dave Van Dorn, Take a Vet Fishing. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta Outdoors, from bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle, to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. 
The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. Please remember that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. We barely had time for our next guest to get his boat up and out and head back home. He just won the uh, Stage 5 event of Major League Fishing's Bass Pro Tour on Lake Cayuga in uh, upstate New York. Please welcome Adrian Avina. Hey, Adrian, how you doing? Yeah, what's going on, Stephen? I appreciate you guys having me. Hey, you know what? Very, very glad, and I, I'll be really surprised. I'm really surprised. Uh, you're very visible. You're a great fisherman. You've won a lot of events. Seems like you're always landing in the top ten, cashing a check. And if you would have asked me before this week, how many victories does Adrian Avina have on the big stage in professional bass fishing? I was, I don't know, two, three, maybe four. And then this thing comes up this week, and I go, this is his first major win. I said, I'm sorry, I just can't believe that. But that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I actually won a tournament um, when I my first ever year, but it was a triple-level event, it's like triple-A event. It was a, it was a Costa um, actually on Lake Champlain, and that was about 12 years ago. But since I've been fishing professional – I've had, you know, a lot of top tens. I've had a few thirds, a second, but I've never won. And this was uh, my first my first win on a national, national level. I, I'm sure you're tired of talking about it, but when you, when you think about it, it's over. You'll never be talking about this again. So we'll, we'll say goodbye to that when we're, when we're done. Uh, how yeah. does, you know what? Did, did it ever, how long have you been fishing professionally? Um, so I, I started bass fishing in 2008, um, and then I started fishing professional in 2013. So I've been doing it for about 10 seasons now. And, uh, yeah, man, just, uh, you know, fishing, of course, major league fishing bass pro tour, you know, against these best anglers. And these guys are, they're a tough group to, to win against, you know, I mean, I got some buddies that seem to hoist trophies all the time, but it's, it's, it's fun and it's nice to finally get my own. I did. I did read that uh, you, you've got you know like all the fishermen do. You got a little uh, core of buddies who you travel with. You, you share you know not travel with, but you share housing with, or or do things. You know, go out to eat, have some conversation. Who who, are, who is your group? Yeah, so I you know we travel with four of us at the house. Um, you know, it's of course myself, Jacob Wheeler, Mark Daniels, and Dustin Connell. And um, you know those guys, those guys there. I mean they're. We're, we're a younger group. Um, you know, we have all kind of entered the scene about the same time, you know, about 10, 12 years ago. 
but man, it's uh, it's really kind of a family away from you know our family at the house, um, and it's uh, it's good because you know they always say you know you surround yourself by good people, it's only going to make you better, and and uh, it's definitely that case with us. We share a lot of information, and and uh, we definitely learn learn a lot off of one another. All right, now I need you to fess up and tell me the truth. Which which one of the four is the one who is uh, eating most of those sour patch uh, watermelons that uh, your group seems to be so in love with? Dude, I mean, so I probably said, man. I, the problem is, dude, is we're all freaking crazy about them. I mean, shoot, we keep <laughs> our dentist happy. I can guarantee that. Um, we definitely put some damage on them. We got a joke around the house is we need a uh, we need a sour patch sponsorship. The amount we spend at Walmart or local convenience stores. Oh, that is so that is so funny. I, I think it was uh, the la- last time I talked to I talked to Wheeler. I said, uh, you know, you you do some of these interviews. You're probably sick and tired of it. Tell me something that we don't know about you. And he says, well, me and my guys were addicted to sour patch. And that was the last thing I expected him to say. And I wanted to hear something real juicy. I said, well, you guys are real bad boys eating that candy all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you know what? That, that, is a, that is a heck of a group. And uh, uh, obviously, you know, it's unfair to say you're due. But, you know, you, you got it, you did it, and you're, you're with a group. I'm a big uh, MDJ fan. Mark Dan is one of the nicest guys I know. Uh, not to say that everybody else isn't, but if you take a, take a, the group apart and you look at Canal and Wheeler, my God, it's almost like they owned fishing last year. It was getting a little tiresome watching those guys. Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible to see you know them kind of hit their peak on where they're at now and just how they break these bodies of water and them them guys there, man, they uh, they're really talented. You know, people ask all the time, you know, what makes them guys tick and what makes them guys so good. Um, and honestly, it's something that's hard to describe, and it's something that you know you just got to share a boat with them to really be able to witness. But um, you know, any any one of these guys, I mean, any one of these 80 guys, you know, you, you, put, them, you put them on fish and they're going to catch them. Uh, but it all comes down to, you know, finding them. And it just seems like those guys are always around the winning fish. Are, okay, now you guys are close, you talk, and you, you probably share your pre-fishing and, and whatever and, and moving forward. Are... are they're guys that are better at finding them and guys that are better than hooking them and getting them into the boat. I've heard that there's, you always hear that about guys say, oh, so-and-so, boy, that guy can find them. He just doesn't seem to be able to get them in the boat. Does that happen? Do you see that at all? Man, there's probably a few guys that I'd say that it seems like every time, you know, you wrap up a tournament or you get done and they're always describing fish that got away. But for the most part, you know, the, these 80 guys, I and mean, you're talking about the best guys in the world. And, uh, you know, these guys, they're all talented. You know, they can all cast. They can all skip. They can all – they've got all the fundamentals. But I'm just telling you, I mean, and this is just point blank period, it all comes down to finding them. You know, I mean, as everybody knows, you know, 90% of the fish live in 10% of the bodies of water, you know, 10% yeah. of the water whenever they go to these places, whether it be a lake, river, um, you know, it just doesn't really seem to matter. So when it comes down to it, you know, it's all about just locating them. And once you locate them, you know, these guys can catch them. Uh, but it just seems like the best guys, you know, the octophos, 
you know, the Jacobs, the Connells, you know, them guys that are consistently out at the top, them guys there, they just, uh, you know, really seem to be able to break down these bodies of water better than others. Make makes sense, makes sense. And and, and now now you are a uh, a rising star uh, with it with this victory. You know, you got to win the first in order to get the second. And and I'm sure that the second is going to take you a lot shorter time than it took you to get that first one. And and we we Wheeler and Canal, heck, they're on the downside of their careers now. So there's a lot of room for you to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they say, uh, yeah, they always say that, you know, the first one's the hardest and, and uh, you know, they bet wins come in bunches. But, you know, I mean, honestly, I'm just trying to cherish this one because, you know, I kind of took the first one, even though it was only a triple level, triple A event. But, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I took it for granted, but, you know, with it being so long since I have won, um, you know, I definitely got to sit back and just appreciate this and, you uh, and, man, I'm, I'm just looking forward to ending in the north, though. You know, I mean, even though uh, Cayuga, you know, it's five hours away from my house, you know, these northern fisheries I tend to kind of clash with a little bit. Um, so I'm really looking forward to uh, heading up to St. Clair next week. It's going to be another really good event. You're from New Jersey? Yes, correct. That, that's that's rather amazing. As uh, you know, there, there have been a couple of New Jersey anglers that have done this, but it is uh, – is there good bass fishing in your home state? Uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's you know good fishing. I'd say it's, uh, it's, it's really tough fishing. Um, but it's, it, it really prepares you to be mentally tough when it comes down to you know fishing these bodies of water. But I think the hardest part with Jersey is, is really uh, learning how to break down bigger bodies of water because, you know, the waters that we have available are all small, you know, and, and, uh, you know, for the most part, you throw your trolling motor down and you fish around the whole thing in a couple hours, you know? So I think what's really helped me is, you know, I grew up saltwater fishing. I got a saltwater charter company, so I'm constantly out there in the ocean. And, um, I really feel like there's a lot, a lot of similarities that you can kind of, you know, push from fresh to salt. And and I feel like that's kind of helped me, you know, throughout my freshwater career. I have a cousin who uh, is from New Jersey, and he goes out every year for a couple of weeks and uh, stays with friends, and, and the guy's got a boat, and he runs that offshore, and my cousin says, man, you got to come out there with me. We'll go out there. Oh, it's fantastic. And, and I'm not a, a saltwater kind of guy, but he's selling he's selling this pretty hard, and, and the more he talks about it, the better it is. Uh, to my to my ears, am I missing out by not going out there with them and doing that? I, I I'm going to tell you right now. The thing about freshwater is freshwater sometimes it can get grindy. You know, <laughs> uh, saltwater fish they just flat out bite. Um, and you know, if you were to if you were to ask me, you know, Adrian, if you could pick one or the other to do the rest of your life, what would it be? And I mean, straight up, I'm going to tell you, saltwater fishing. Okay. Um, you know, it's something I'm extremely passionate about. Been doing it a really long time, and and uh, even though I fish professionally on the freshwater side, I spend more days saltwater fishing than I do freshwater fishing. Uh, me personally, you know, I love to eat fish. Um, you know, so so we're constantly going out there and, and uh, you know throwing 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 fish in the in, in the refrigerator and and uh, you know of course you know eating it whenever we get it. So um, I really I really do like it. And, if you ever do make it out, man, I mean, you got to give me a holler because I'm sure I'm not too far away, and we're always out there too. 
Hey, hey, folks, I hope you listen to that. You can rewind, listen again, and hear how Steve was able to schmooze his way into getting an invitation from Adrian Avina. I knew if I talked about it long enough, I'd get you to ask me. And, and you'd be scared, you'd be worried when I show up on your front door. Hi, nice to meet you. Let's get in the boat. <laughs> Let's go, Fit. But you know, hey, I'm, I'm you, we've got we've got a couple charter boats, and and I and I run charters all the time. So there's people constantly booking trips, and I'm and I'm always the one, you know, shoveling them around out there in the ocean. That is fantastic. You know, the one thing I was going to say was, you know, if I'm fishing freshwater, I'm going fishing for bass. I, I expect what when I get, feel that bite on on my on my. Uh, you know, my, my uh, tip of my rod starts dancing. I, I, that's a bass on the other end of it. And if I re- start reeling up and I see the fish and it's not a bass, I'm very disappointed because that's what's in my head. That's what I'm fishing for. That's the equipment that I'm using, the baits I'm running. The people that fish saltwater on the ocean will say, oh, it's great. You never know what you're going to catch. You know, it's always a surprise when, when, when you reel a fish in. That's it. I don't want surprises. I want to know what I'm fishing for, and that's what I want to catch. <laughs> it, yeah, it, 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 I'm telling. I I like that aspect, me personally. All right, all right. You're changing me in a lot of ways, man. This is cool. Hey, uh, I want to take a quick break. Uh, let our sponsors have a word. We'll come back. We'll let you have a word to talk about your sponsors and this win at Lake Cayuga, Stage Five at the uh, Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. Series for this year, Adrian Davida's first big win comes with a hundred thousand dollar paycheck. Not bad at all, but uh, we'll let our sponsors have a word, and we'll be right back with more Adrian Davida right after this. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley, and I'm here with a winner, Adrian Avina. We're talking everything other than bass so far. We're talking uh, uh, salt, salt water. We're talking uh, candy. My goodness, I guess we should talk about some bass fishing here. 
this Lake Cayuga event was incredible. You you broke the 100-pound mark. That's four days of fishing, five fish a day. We're talking about over five pounds of fish, and that's smallmouth bass. And, man, oh, man, I know a lot of people who, if they caught their first five-pounder, it would be on the wall. You spent four days catching nothing but. Man, oh, man, that fishing is incredible. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's, uh, you know, it's really a phenomenal fishery. You know, people will talk all the time whenever I'm traveling. I meet people at gas stations or I meet people, you know, at, 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 at wherever, you know, just run into them. And they ask me, they're like, man, you know, you're all the way over here. You're from New Jersey, but what's your favorite fishery? And I, and I straight up tell them anywhere in the northeast you know when it comes down to the northeast or the northern country you know them fish is flat out bite they don't get fish for all year long but when we talk about the finger lakes and i'm not just talking about cayuga them lakes are incredible um and then just simply you know to have a have a tournament like that where it takes over 25 pounds to make the cut um, I mean, it's, it's, it's purely incredible, man. It's, it, it really is a special place. That, that, that ought to be illegal. That <laughs> ought to be illegal, man. You know, it's even worse. We got our northern fisherman, you know, Adrian Avita from, uh, from uh, New Jersey, and all these guys come out of the south, and they can't wait to hit those New York bodies of water. Talk to all of them, and... Uh, Man, they'll, they'll tell you at the beginning of the year what their number one fishery is for the year that they'll be going to. And it's everybody. You're talking to legends, uh, you know, th th that have fished professionally 30 years, and they're still just excited to go to those northern lakes and fish for the big smallmouth. Uh, I, I just think that's uh, a, a testament to fishing in general and that the 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 uh the whole sport of fishing has changed so much because I, I would say 20 years ago nobody wanted to think about fishing for smallmouth or talk about fishing for smallmouth now it's the fish that everybody's dying to catch oh i mean there's no doubt i mean i'd say like you're right you know 15 20 years ago people were like oh where do you want to go and it would be like lake okotobi or, or somewhere or, or somewhere down south you know, now, you know, most of the anglers that fish these tournaments, like for an example, you know, we had a tournament last week on Cayuga. Our next tournament is in Michigan next week. Instead of people going home, these anglers are taking vacations with their families and staying up north and fishing for that duration, that whole week in between our events because they just simply enjoy it. And that right there, if that doesn't say, you know, how good the northern fishing is, I mean, them guys can pretty much do whatever they want with their time but yet they chose to stay because it just simply is that good. Um, and, uh, man, I, I uh, you know, I caught two of the biggest bags I ever caught in my life, and they just so happened to be smallmouth. I broke my personal best like five different times with six-plus pounders. And, uh, you know, I got to a point championship day that I wasn't even fishing for a five-pounder. Like if I would seen a five-pounder spawning or like a four-and-three-quarter, I wouldn't even make a cast at it. Huh. And this is before I even had no. my five fish because I knew I needed to catch a five and a half plus to win the tournament. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, oh wow, that's absolutely unbelievable. 
Tell us about Incredible. this Lake Lake Cayuga. I know you you uh, you broke the mold and and you went uh, you went off the charts a little bit in the way you fished, which is probably what put that big check in your pocket. What was the fishing like? Tell us what the water was like. What kind of depth? Uh, the clarity of the water. Uh, a little little bit of the explanation of the hows and whys. Yeah. So so for those that aren't familiar with Cayuga, so Cayuga is a is a finger lake um, in New York, and it's extremely deep. I mean, yeah, four. It gets. Uh, don't quote me on this, but four hundred plus feet of water out in the middle of it, towards the midsection of the lake. Uh, so which that naturally keeps the water real cool. Um, in this particular week, when we were down there, there or when we were up there, there was a lot of spawning fish. Um, and I was committed, you know, I spent both my days of practice, you know, looking for them spawning bass and then fish really like to spawn on like pea gravel with some chunk rock in there. It seemed like if you had that, you know, that two combination there, it just seemed like that was a really, really good, uh, you know, shoreline to find them spawning bass. And for me, I was really targeting, uh, you know, the deeper ones. And by deeper, I mean them fish that were in like six to 12 feet of water. Um, And once you got out to 12 feet, you know, you pretty much lost your visibility. Um, And for those that seen the show or or watched anything about or may have seen some photos online, I was using basically a traffic cone they call a flogger to help see them deep fish. Um, and that's really what, what got me the win is I found a lot of fish that were in that 10, 12 feet that a lot of the other anglers just simply couldn't see. And, um, you know, that's where I was able to catch them multiple six pounders that got me, got me the, uh, the, the win. So when you're fishing in, in that kind of depth, where are you positioning your bait? Uh, for them to look, are, are you on the bottom? Are you up a little higher making them come up? What are you doing? So, uh, yeah, so pretty much, pretty much, uh, you know, smallmouth are no different than largemouth. You know, whenever, whenever the fish are spawning, there's, there's normally, you know, a light spot, a dark spot, uh, smallmouth for whatever reason, the, like the areas that they spawn almost look turquoise. They have like a little bit of a blue hue to them. Uh-huh. And, uh, whenever you found that you would go ahead and then you would flog that area you would look at it. And then more than likely there would be a small section of that bed where there may be a little bit of shell. And that's generally where the female would drop its eggs. And that's where the, 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 the male, which was protecting the bed, would be, would be most protected of. Um, so that would be the area you would really focus. And I caught them on two different methods. Uh-huh. I caught them on a drop shot. It's you know, really standard. Um, and then I also caught him on a Ned style bait, which was uh, a Berkeley half head with a four inch gulp minnow. That's what I was putting on both my drop shot and Ned style bait. Um, and just really just targeting them really, really specific spots within the bed. Boy, that's pretty basic fishing. You know, uh, think about it. If I was taking somebody out for the, eh, I should just take somebody out uh, trying to teach him how to fish. Those would probably be two of the first techniques I would uh, use. But but then again, uh, it's not fair of me to say that because I always say, you know, a lot of people think, and I don't want to uh, spread this around, that Ned rig fishing is so easy. You know, uh, it, it, it appears yeah. to be in principle. But, you know, I, I've, I've talked to, uh, actually, I've talked to Ned a number of times on the show, and when he explains how to be a good Ned Rig fisherman, it's a lot harder than people think. 
Yeah, I mean, I would, um, you know, I would agree, and 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 especially the like for those guys that will actually fish a Ned similar to a shaky head, that they'll actually fish that bait back to the boat. But I was fishing really, really specific spots. You know, so I was spending more time on the trolling motor, more time looking, more time just covering water. And then once you found that location, I mean, it was literally, you know, you open your bail, you get it down to the bottom. And if that fish is aggressive, you're going to catch it within seconds. Um, so it was more covering water and just trying to trying to find, you know, that better than average fish, which was, you know, that week was a five and a half pounder. <laughs> Un, un, unbelievable un, unbelievable and, and for people who are listening to this that don't fish for smallmouth or don't fish water where smallmouth are available don't you know uh say oh, five pounders i've caught plenty of five pounders and they're talking about largemouth there aren't plenty of five pounders in the world of smallmouth and there's no double digits in the world of smallmouth uh we're talking about very, very unique fish. And if you catch a five pound smallmouth, it's probably similar to catching an eight or nine pound largemouth. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You know, I mean, I feel like, you know, for a largemouth, um, you know, like everybody's goal is, hey, I want to catch a double digit. Well, for me personally, I have never caught a double digit largemouth. And me personally, prior to this week, I have never caught a six pound smallmouth. So I'd say they are they are almost really similar. You know, a six pound smallmouth and a ten pound largemouth. Uh, but you know, last week on Cayuga, um, I never actually counted how many, but I, I believe I caught seven six plus pounders. <laughs> Uh, during that week. Oh, man, oh, man, I'm so jealous of you, my friend. Hey, uh, <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. What one Another thing people don't realize unless you've fished smallmouth before is you be reeling in a smallmouth, and, and you look, and all of a sudden you see there's three other smallmouth following it to the boat. They're so inquisitive uh, in watching. Did you have a lot of that action this week? You know, I didn't. I didn't have a whole lot of that because you know the fishing that I was doing was you know they were spawning fish. Uh, but generally, when they when they're pre-spawn or post-spawn, they really really group up in wolf packs. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I definitely had a couple of fish break my heart where, you know, I hook them, they come shooting straight up out of the water, four or five feet, almost eye level, like they smallmouth are notorious of doing, and uh, lost a couple of really big ones that way. Uh, but that's that's probably one of the biggest thrills with smallmouth fishing is just how they can just clear the water in a matter of seconds. And I mean, I've had I've had fish. I mean, I'm six two, and I'm standing, you know, a foot and a half over the water just because you know on a bass boat. And I've had literally no joke smallmouth jump eye level. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I, the amazing thing is, if you're you're, you're you can catch a fish. You're reeling in a three pounder, and, and well, not on this tournament, but normal. Say, say me. I'm reeling in a three pounder, and I'm a happy guy. But, you know, I've got a smile on my face, and I look, and there's a couple fish following in, and all, you look, oh my god, that's a five six pounder that's right behind it, and you go from the happiest guy in the world to, damn, why did this little three pounder touch my bait you know i want this other one it's it's so it's so frustrating it's like fishing for muskies and the way they follow you they just do it to to screw with your mind you know smallmouth are, are just 
insidiously evil with the way their thought process worked, but you figured them out. Why don't you tell us a few of your sponsors that help pay the bills to keep you on the water? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, my uh, one-stop shop, and it's for fresh and salt waters, Tackle Direct. I mean, they, they're a retail outlet that literally has everything. Um, you know, I couldn't have done it without without Abu Garcia. Caught them all, and Abu Garcia, the Reba Rocket with Fantasisa, and you know, I already mentioned the four-inch gulp minnow. If you're fishing up north, and you got to, I mean, you really got to use either gulp or or Berkeley Max scent. Mm-hmm. Um, no. You know, I mean, I've got a, I've got a bunch of other sponsors, but I'm not going to get ahead and sit here, run down the list. But if you guys ever want to hop on a charter with me, feel free to hit up Jersey Boy Charters. That's my charter operation. Or if you have any other questions about, you know, how I did in the tournament or whatever life, make sure you just hit me up on social media. It's just Adrian Avina Pro Fishing, and uh, be glad to answer any questions. Adrian Avina, you are a good guy, a smart guy. Uh, you, you did you did great, and uh, hanging around with those rascals you hang around with didn't seem to hurt you too much. I was glad to see you were able to able to shake them off and and and, and win your hundred thousand dollar check. Very very cool, and, and I hope we'll get to see you at ICAST this year. And you'll be hearing from me because I got that on my bucket list now is to go fishing off the Jersey Shore. Good luck to you, my friend, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again real soon. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, without a doubt, our pleasure, Adrian Avina. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best art fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston from St. Croix, Dave Van Dorn, you yeah, have DVD from Take a Vet Fishing, and Adrian Avina. Maybe I'll go fishing with him someday. I am looking forward to that. Adrian Avina. I'd like to thank today's sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. Boy, they sure do. Daiwa reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts, including our website, wefishasa.com. You know, if you like what you hear, Please let us know. Just write to us on our website. If there's somebody you'd like to hear us uh, have on the show or something you'd like to hear us talk about, we'd be happy to oblige. Just give us a jingle at our website, wefishasa.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.